Welcome to another installment of Capital Ideas. We call it that because it's a place for members of the Majority Democratic Caucus in the Washington State House of Representatives to sit down at the Capitol and talk about ideas. Today's interview is with Representative Brian Blake. Brian works for the people of the 19th Legislative District in Southwest Washington. It's a place where people fish not just for fun, but for a living where the timber industry has employed generations of tough men and women, and where agriculture thrives. A farmer logger himself, Brian lives in Aberdeen, and in the legislature he chairs the House Committee on Agriculture and Natural Resources. We talked on Friday, June 24, 2016, and here's what we said. Welcome to Capital Ideas, Representative Brian Blake. It's really a pleasure to have you here for the first time. Yeah, good to be here. You're committee chair. You've got several interests. Tell me what you're working on right now. Well, certainly jobs are, are critical in any legislator's district. And, and one of the uh, things on the top burner in the 19th district is the state of our fisheries. We have uh, uh, several hatcheries in the district or near the district, and that's been a pet project of mine to get capital investment into our hatcheries. Also to work on fish passage. We've, for far too long, we've built uh, barriers to fish passage, and the state is finally really taking that on. Uh, there's been several projects in my district that I've personally observed where a stream passage has been installed with a three-sided box culvert, for instance, where previously you had a perched or inferior-sized culvert, and immediately within two weeks, if it's the right season of the year, you get fish passing upstream. And it's it's amazing to see. It's the right thing to do. That kind of investment is what is going to lead to recovery of our wild salmon. In addition to a lot of water in your district, you've got a lot of trees. And a lot of the economy out there for generations has depended on, on logging and the byproducts of logging. Your professional background is in the woods, and you've sponsored legislation this session, as you do every session, geared to create jobs in an industry that's hurting. The timber industry has definitely changed. It's a different tree that they're harvesting now, third-growth timber, in some cases fourth-growth timber. That's on the west side. On the east side, of course, uh, you have a lot of smaller timber, and we have the fire issue. As a state, what we're investigating is cross-laminated timber, and it's a very young building technique, and it's, it's growing, but it's a complicated issue to get architects understanding its uses in building buildings than the regulatory framework in building codes and fire codes, etc., to understand how to use this product. The beauty of it is it sequesters carbon. You put that carbon in a tree, and then you put that into a building that may last 100 years, and that carbon has been pulled out of the atmosphere, locked into a product, and helps ameliorate the climate effects that we're experiencing. Entire walls would be constructed out of blocks of wood made from smaller timber. Those panels would be manufactured in a factory, a mill, and delivered on site to construct this building. And not having that hollow space inside those walls helps with fire issues. It helps with insulation issues. They're kind of ready-made insulation. Wood's a very good insulator. Bringing additional wood into the construction industry will have huge benefits and can lead to 
helping to bring some manufacturing back to the state. You sponsored House Bill 2857 this past session dealing with this cross-laminated timber. It didn't pass, as many bills don't when they first are introduced. What would this legislation accomplish, and how do you feel the chances are in 2017 for you to push it through? Well, that was a bill that was going to use the tax code to encourage this very young industry to get off the ground. It it met some opposition from other building materials, and understandably so. We don't necessarily want to disadvantage other industries. I think there's a place in building a cross-laminated building. Concrete's going to be very necessary. Uh, Steel reinforcement is going to be part of the projects. It's a new discussion. The legislature went with uh, some of the capital budget chair's ideas to encourage the industry in another way, and that may be the way we actually want to go. Sometimes you put a bill out there, and it's decided that's not the best way forward. We'll keep the discussion going and see how we want to move forward next session. One of the things that you spent some time on in 2016, along with your seatmates and a lot of your constituents, has been an EPA initiative called What's Upstream. We like to think of the Environmental Protection Agency in a good light. They want to protect the environment. On the other hand, this has caused quite a bit of controversy among people on one side of the issue and on the other side of the issue, all of whom want a clean environment, but may differ on some of the things necessary to achieve that. Elements of the EPA, staff within the EPA, were working to use federal dollars with some NGOs, non-governmental organizations, to lobby the legislature, and and that's wholly inappropriate against federal law, and and many of us were appalled that the EPA uh, would be complicit in that. What was done, I think, was inappropriate, and hopefully we can get beyond that and get the EPA back on track on doing their job. They've got a lot of black marks this year when they released all that uh, mine water into the river in the Midwest and polluted many communities' uh, drinking water. I think all of us were aghast that they would do that. That said, back here in this state, we do have issues we need to work on. I just took my committee up to Whatcom County, met with the Lummi tribe and their chair and council, and toured parts of the reservation to look at their clam beds. They are certainly being impacted by water quality, and it's a myriad of rules, both at the state and federal level, that govern the health of shellfish harvesting, and they are being impacted. Most likely, the source is coming down the Nooksack River. What is the source is the real question. We also met that day with elements of the ag community and got to tour some of the things they've done. It's kind of a strange situation where there was an identified problem in the 90s of water quality that shut down those shellfish beds. The agriculture industry stepped up big time, made some changes, brought those coliform levels well under standards and everybody was very thrilled but we're now seeing a creeping up of bad water samples and we're trying to understand why because we don't believe the industry has changed 
where is this source coming from? Is it coming from Canada? There's been some very, what we'll call, hot samples actually coming out of a couple of the small watersheds that come out of British Columbia. So we're trying to track this down. I don't blame certainly the Lummies for being upset. We need to find a solution, and I intend to be part of moving forward and finding that solution. Circling back, I think the EPA-funded campaign was counterproductive to finding a solution, and I will hope that they would discontinue using those federal tax dollars to lobby the legislature inappropriately. This issue ties into a new development in your life, which is that you've been appointed to serve on the multi-state Pacific Fisheries Legislative Task Force. This involves not only several states here in the Pacific Northwest, but also British Columbia where it's possible that some of these dairy nutrients that might have been causing the, the increased uh, coliform levels might have originated. What is this task force going to do? A lot of people, when they hear the term task force, they think that's something that government does instead of doing something. Yeah, well, this task force is more about anatomous fish, our salmon, steelhead. These are the kind that go out to the ocean and then come back upstream to... Correct. I'm also on the Pacific States Marine Fisheries Commission Fisheries, both sport and commercial, are just absolutely critical to the economy of my district. And so I wanted to be on both of these organizations. It's really about relationships and communication and finding paths forward. Willapaw Bay is a great example. About 70% of the fish spawned in the Willapaw are intercepted before they get back to the Willapaw. The majority of those fish are intercepted in Alaska fisheries and British Columbia coastal fisheries. And so there's only about 30% left by the time they get back inside the Willapaw, which really puts a crimp in opportunity for both these sport and commercial fisheries. It's a difficult issue. There's a salmon treaty. The treaty's up for negotiation for the Chinook salmon species at the moment. It's going to be a difficult negotiation. You know, we have to find a way to make Alaska successful, British Columbia successful, and still have healthy salmon runs here in Washington State, Oregon, California. It's about communication. I know we need to wrap it up soon. You've got a busy schedule, but is there anything you want to talk about that we haven't touched on yet? We've seen manufacturing fleeing the state. I'm going to be focused on encouraging manufacturing to come to the state or existing manufacturing businesses to be economically viable. I think that uh, we've got to send messages to those that would invest private dollars in our communities that we want them to come here. We have high standards for the environment, but we want a fair process that they can participate in, make those investments in our communities and provide jobs. And I think that's absolutely critical. The lack of jobs has really led to some difficult social problems and healthcare issues, and, and so that's certainly a focus of what I hope to solve. So attracting manufacturers to the state is the kind of thing that involves essentially everything that the legislature deals with. It's not just tax policy or permitting or environmental policies, but you've got transportation in there. You've got the quality of the education system to think about recreational opportunity you know when somebody wants to invest here they want to know are there parks and uh, recreational opportunities for the families that they want to employ so yes it, it all ties together we have a beautiful state it's uh, very attractive 
to folks to live here. The climate's wonderful, and we just need to make all these pieces work together and help this state and my communities thrive. Sounds like you've got a big job, and I really appreciate you taking a few minutes away from it to talk with Capital Ideas. Thank you, Brian. Thank you. Well, that's it for today. If you feel like this podcast was worthwhile, why not subscribe to Capital Ideas on iTunes or at housedemocrats.wa.gov. Remember, this is your state government. The more you know about how it works, the better it can work for you. I'm Dan Frizzell for the Washington State House Democrats. Thanks for listening.